Hi. Hey, Kate. <laughs> Hi, yes. Here we are on the floor again. On the floor again. Um, so I've noticed that like 53 people have listened to the first podcast and like 49 people have listened to the second one. Um, that's a really big number to me. I don't know 53 or 49 people. Yeah, we're we're two ambiverts. I don't um, think we so, know that. Yeah, we don't have that many friends. Together, even. Um, so it must be a good idea to maybe introduce ourselves a bit more and talk about how we know each other for those who maybe don't know us. Let's remove the presumed knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, so, Kate, because we're weirdos, say things that actually matter to you about yourself and not necessarily where you went to college or where you're from, because that's not how we introduce ourselves to each other. Say what you think matters about you. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Um, well, I like um, playing video games and I like my dogs and cats, my dog and cats. I like my friends and watching TV and leggings. She is from Albany <laughs> and that like has parents too. And like, that's, that's fine. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. That's like really awesome. I'm married yeah. Stuff like that. She's <laughs> married to a nice man named Michael who they play Dungeons and Dragons together. And that's fun. He's a science teacher. Public school. I'm a bartender. Uh, I'm a bartender that's very bad at talking about herself. <laughs> and also a person who's very bad so at it. So let's change the subject. Yes, me and tell me about you. <laughs> I am a model and entrepreneur. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. Every woman. I am a woman who lives in Brooklyn. I am African and Armenian. Um, You know, in America, how it's this weird thing where, like, you have to, like, be affirmative about, like, what you are. Because it's, like, people who say they're Italian, they're, like, they have to say, I'm Italian-Italian. Yeah. When I say I'm African, I'm not African-American. I'm African-African, like, from Africa. Like, well, I, I get that in the sense when people find out that I'm Greek, which is obvious because I have like the country of Greece tattooed in my arm. Um, people try to speak to me in Greek, which is a bit too much for me. Like I'm not that Greek. You're not Greek, Greek. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, I'm like Greek. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you know, you're like Greek. And I'm Greek. like, I'm like African. <laughs> <laughs> like you need to hear Mufasa when I, I say that. Yeah. So my dad is from Ghana. My mom is from our, is Armenian American, but from Massachusetts. So I'm an African who is also American, and I work in a restaurant. I went to college briefly and dropped out, and after college in Seattle, I moved to New York or sort of was forcibly dispatched because I was mooching and doing absolutely nothing, (laughs) Um, and now I live here. And both me and Kate met each other in the process of realizing that maybe we were more like alternative idea in our ideas of what I don't know careers were mm-hmm. and so we just met each other at a job yeah that we had to make money while we were sort of realizing that we find our joys maybe outside of how we make money but watch this space who knows yeah yeah, yeah. we met at a basic counter service job um I ended up in Brooklyn because I got accepted to Pratt and then dropped out after a week I don't know how relevant that is, but pretty relevant, I guess. It's when we're relevant. talking about who we are, yeah, it's who I am. So I guess it's relevant. <laughs> Kate's like, maybe I should not say anything about at all. 
Maybe nothing I say is worth a damn. <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully that's good enough for now because that's all you're going to get. I mean, that's kind of who we are. Yeah. So yeah, hi. But yeah, we met each other at a job and we became really good friends because we would go out and just like have really great conversations and... What what year was that? Like two thousand nine, something like that. I mean, yeah. it's been like seven Friends years for like ever. Yeah, and for the first like three years of it, I probably was like tentative on her last name. I definitely <laughs> didn't know the exact place upstate where she came from, but I knew she came from upstate. Right? Like, and we both uh, have that thing of like we really care about people. But we're not good at details. I'm I'm good about different details. Like I remember when I was growing up, my dad would always be like. I'd make a new friend and he'd be like, what's their last name before I was allowed to go to their house? And I'm like, I don't know the last name. Do you want me to be like this nerd who like goes up to my friends who invites me to their house for a sleepover? And I'm like, but what's your last name? What are your parents' names? Like what second language do you speak? Like what, what is your surname? And also like just in general, I don't care about that. Like I care about interests and how we get along more than maybe details Right. We're not small talk type of bitches. And I think like (laughs) I care more what you want to tell me about you than like anything I could possibly ask. So I think people tell you what they want you to know about them. And so I just sort of like wait for them to like give me that rather than, you know, give these sort of leading informative Larry King type questions. (laughs) Yeah. It's not that I don't care about where you went to college. I don't give a fuck. I give a shit, I I guess. If you want to tell me, then I care. But I'm not going to, like, just ask arbitrarily. I don't know. Anyway. Who cares? I'm going to forget just... in two seconds if you tell me. Another thing I wanted to bring up before we begin is uh, recommended reading. I don't know if you have uh, listened to the first two podcasts. If you have, maybe you've caught on. Well, the second podcast, honestly, we didn't have any pop culture notes that we added on. Although we did have notes that we wanted to touch on. We never actually ended up talking about them. We just kind of ended up talking about only personal experiences. But generally... Um, recommended reading for this course would be like, you know, uh, right now reality shows. Cause reality. I think like it, that's just what's on. Like Westworld is off air. Girls is off air. Like these other game of Thrones shows that we'd be talking about and how problematic and complex and like sometimes annoying and infuriating they are. Those are not on right now. And so it's a lot of like real housewives of Beverly Hills. There's always a real housewives of London, like Vanderpump rules. Those are just like, they're always there and they're always like rife with like tragic, like, Tragic stories to tell. of human mess. So we bring those things up a lot like they're our friends. And so we don't not want there to be like, you know, false uh, friends or like, you know, assumed knowledge, but there kind of is. Yeah. Because right? it's just part of our like What we based vernacular. this podcast off of was um, like our organic conversations we would have with each other. And those conversations included the TV we watched and a lot of it was reality TV. So maybe you need to brush up on that if you want to listen to this. Or you don't have to. Or you can just like pretend you know these chicks and dudes and just follow along. We don't really get that into it. Do but we mention want. them and it might be helpful to know who they are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's your recommended reading for this course. <laughs> get on that. No. Um, no, we got so that we should probably way. get to our subject. So the subject, pretty much what I could gather from it in one sentence is when people use your accountability against you. Yeah. And what inspired me to want to talk about this 
if you read your recommended reading, was the most recent episode of Vanderpump Rules that aired on Monday. What's today to... It will be Monday when we air it. I guess so, yeah. So last week. (laughs) (laughs) The most recent Vanderpump episode where um, Katie had, like, one of her fucking bridal shower, bridal shit parties. I don't know. She's she's had a lot of parties. parties. (laughs) (laughs) She's had a lot of parties. Um, Pandora threw her party at her house, and... Fucking Pandora. That was part of it. Um, And... The the episode ended with a scene of Katie and Tom fighting in a restaurant, and the way that they fought, and the things that Tishwa Tom Tom Schwartz said to her, really struck a chord with me. And I really just want to talk about how when people use your accountability when you open up to them about, you know, oh, me, you know, maybe sometimes when I drink, I do get, you know, this way, and then in casual conversation when you're not drinking. They try to use it against you. Mm-hmm. I have a big problem with this because it's been used against Katie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it that happens. Like, I think that everyone has had an experience where, like, maybe you tell somebody some flaw in your personality. Like, I could definitely say, like, yeah, you know, sometimes I can be, like, you know, overbearing or, like, I, I talk too much or I talk over people and, like, there will be an instance where it's just like maybe we're in an argument that's very heated and like someone be like, yeah, just let me speak because <laughs> I know that you do this. You do this. And I'm like, um, I didn't exactly like give you this vulnerable moment with myself and like my self-doubt to like throw it in my face at every given chance. Um, do you have any personal experiences with this? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, I've had particularly on my end boyfriends going growing up um that were particularly shitty um i would open up to them about my anxieties and they would in turn use them against me when i was younger and couldn't really like figure out what they were doing i just kind of gave in to the manipulations or whatever um or they would just try to pit me against my friends in some way um which i see tom do with katie a lot just like you know i'd be with my boyfriend and my friend would text me just, you know, a basic thing, one text, and suddenly she's always trying to text you when I'm around, and she just doesn't want us to hang out alone together, and suddenly trying to be pitted against her, and I don't know what's going on anymore, and yeah, it was mostly when I was younger, but uh, that's definitely creepy. had this happen, so when I saw that happen on this particular episode, and honestly throughout like the seasons, it just really has been bugging me. I need to talk about it. Now I hear you. Tishwa, like Tishwizzy for Shizzy, has been like a very big source of irritation in my life. Like I've been kind of trolling him on Instagram. I'm like hoping that he blocks me, frankly. Is that one of like, your... Every uh... now and then I just write like you're gross on his Instagram <laughs> and just like move on. He's just been problematic as fuck for a long time. Like you know how there's like the cool girl? Mm-hmm. He's like the the chill guy it's like the same vibe it's like here's this person that like their thing is i'm just relaxed and like i'm just nice and like you're just crazy and your reactions are too big the thing is they narrate that shit though yeah and they like (laughs) impose it on other people Mm -hmm. it's like you've decided that you are cool chill boyfriend when actually you're a fucking sociopath you're as bad as jack's you're as bad as, like, 
fuck James. Like mm-hmm. you do the same things. At you least like she- go to Vegas and Miami and do the same gross things. The difference is when they do those things and their girlfriends bug out, they either break up with them. They like cry. I don't know what the fuck they do. But like you just convince her you're drunk and this is why you're overreacting. Mm-hmm. Like he is a despicable human being because he's as gross as all of them, but also smarter. And I think that little bit of intelligence he uses for evil. Yeah, I mean, usually when you have the intelligence to, like, um, be able to pick up on people's – well, when you're able to pick up on what makes someone comfortable, what makes them uncomfortable, um, not necessarily the weaknesses, but honestly, that's what it is. Like, their strengths and their weaknesses and stuff like that. You usually want to use it for good. Like, oh, say this person's feeling bad one day. You know you know how to pick them up. You know it makes them feel good innately or just whatever. Yeah. You don't use it for evil. You don't, like, see them, like, feeling good about themselves and, like, making a point against you and then suddenly being like, um, here's your weakness right here. Here it is. Everyone see this still? It's still there. Yeah, or in the so case that you were talking about, like, the thing that bothered you the most was, like, that he seems to, like, take – like Tom Tishwa <laughs> seems Tishwa. to take the strengths of Katie, like her friend group and mm-hmm. how they support her and make her feel more empowered and turn it into this negative thing. Like, it's like, you guys have hive brain. One of you doesn't like someone. None of you do like that. They all support each other. And it's like, they get this like bitchy vibe. And it's like, you want her to stay weak and insecure and constantly in need of your attention. And if she has anywhere else to like put her frustrations or like, lean support on he like tries to undermine that no it's totally one thing when you try to hone in on someone's um um accountability and insecurities or maybe like things that they know that they do wrong but it's a totally different thing when you hone in on things that are their actual strengths and try to turn them around as weaknesses Mm -hmm. it's manipulative it's disgusting uh gaslighting (laughs) it's gaslighting Yeah, uh, I think that Katie's, uh, one of her strengths is her alcoholism. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but, uh, At least she doesn't pour drinks on people's heads. I don't know. He is really big on dr- like pouring a drink on someone's head. And I think that is a weird thing that kind of, I just think that's something if a dude does that, just be done. Like, right. look at the signs. That happened to um, uh, Sheree too her ex-husband who was like not paying child support on real housewives of atlanta required watching (laughs) um poured a bottle of water over her head i just think it's like this blatant like i will embarrass you on national tv or like anywhere thing it's like if you're this unit you just don't do things like that to each other you know and i just feel like that's the taking it this level further that you can't come back from well i also think it's interesting where these people who choose to like highlight the things that you accepted are wrong with you are also so eager to just overlook the things that may be faults about themselves. Explain. Well, Tishwa, who are we talking about? <laughs> he pours drinks on ladies' heads. He quote unquote makes out with people in Vegas. Like he blows. He Did you gaslights? love it when, like, um, Stassi was like, who makes out with people? <laughs> <laughs> I just love how her comments are, like, both, like, kind of vague and asinine, but, like, on point at the same time. It's, it's like, like, come on. Like, who in adult life is, like, I made out with them in? And that's like, all shut, it was. Shut up. Like, no, like I am not going to be in an adult relationship where we have, like, 
mutual bills and like an apartment together and say something like, I mean, out with someone. Like you are a freaking fragment of human being if that's coming out of your mouth at this stage in life. Like that is what 12-year-olds say to each other. Like 18-year-olds go to places and pour drinks all over each other's heads and have these dramatic moments. Like, or people who like, like live in Miami. Like (laughs) it just, all of it is retarded. Just the the excuses allowed for this person. And then on top of that, just like having, again, like Katie being vulnerable and admitting to like any fault that she may have. And the same thing happened with Stassi when um, like the whole Jax shit happened like seasons before um, I really don't think that she needed to apologize for anything that she did because her friends are being dicks to her, trying to make her keep the group together and not tear it apart, even though her boyfriend got a bitch pregnant in Vegas. They were getting on her about that, and that made her go off. And I don't think she needs to apologize for that, but she did. She still came to, back to everyone, admitted how maybe she flew off the handle and just like left everyone and was like kind of a brat and whatever like that. And she came clean about it, and she was accepted back into the friend group that she wanted to be in. Um, and now, still, they bring it up all the time. Like, Stassi's back, and she's just a brat, and she controls everything. And it's like, so she, not that she's said it out loud, you can just use it against her at your will. And yeah. it makes no because she doesn't do that anymore. Her response that she has gotten from in a terrible situation where I think she was more wronged than ever did wrong. Like, I think that if she was done, like, 70% wrong, she did, like, 3%. It's like her friends abandoned her, told her that if she didn't want to, like, be friendly with this terrible ex that had done terrible things to her, they were just going to ditch her because they just want to have fun. Like, all of these people just essentially said, like, stick with the program or, like, we're just kind of kind of leave you high and dry and, like, you know, whatever. And like her response to that was like, I see how maybe some of my behavior was still like not fitting the crime. She admitted that and they, especially Sandoval, took that and ran with it to be like, you know how you are though, Stassi. Yeah. You get bitter and like you don't want to forgive. And it's like, that's not really what happened. I really think that she was justified in her reactions and her feelings, but at the same time could see how other people are just flawed. And if you are more developed, you can just kind of like, for the greater idea of friendship, let things that are not still bothering you deep in your soul go. But they're just taking that as like, we're absolved. We have no apologies to make. Well, in Sassy's offense, I feel like she did all that stuff for Katie in particular. Um, Because she did have like a real friendship with her maybe. And everyone else is kind of like, if they're in the group, she wants to be friends with them. She does care about them if they're, like, in the group and whatever. But yeah. it's mostly for Katie. So I could see being vulnerable like vulnerable for her and getting back into the friend group. And Katie's never used anything against her. Um, and it seems when everyone else uses that chatter against her, um, she kind of just dismisses it. She doesn't give a shit. She's like, are you going to talk about anything else? She doesn't even touch on it. And that's pretty telling. Yeah. No, it is. Like, I mean, I would even say in, like, just a preface, there is no excuse for any of Jax's behavior. (laughs) Fucking ever. However, however, 
I think Jax has been very candid to some extent about, I mean, he's at least been a good reality show person where he really just does say what's going on. I don't even think he can help it, frankly. I, like I just don't think he, he can even help it. Yeah. I think he knows who he is and he's also like, he has a little bit of a level of uh, like impulsivity that he can't actually control that what's happening to him, it comes across. Like he's not really good at covering it up. He's no fucking creepy ass Tishwa. He's not able to like <laughs> pass off as a good guy. And I think his friends who are doing equally creepy things, but they're sneakier about it. They give Jax the whole like, Jax, your life and the things you do and the decisions you make. I'm sorry. Um, Tom, where'd you meet your girlfriend and were you single? Hmm. Like, uh, what is this that you're saying about Jax cheating on people? Like, I, I'm sorry. I get, where again and when did you meet the girlfriend that you're dating? And how many text messages of her in lingerie were there while you were dating another person? So you're saying all this to him. So like, there's just a lot of that in general. It's like, he just thinks around these people that are all doing terrible things that maybe he's forthcoming about the terrible things he's doing, that like, they will just not be hypocritical, but they're not doing that. Like, they will throw him under the bus and then be like, Jax always throws us under the bus. It's like, because you play these good guys. Yeah. you're not good anything frankly and i feel like when they throw jacks under the bus it's like playing off their own insecurities where it's like they want to hide something by highlighting something else mm-hmm. and i feel like that's maybe what tom schwartz is doing with katie uh, disclaimer t tom schwartz are the same person yeah <laughs> just for anyone who doesn't actually know but I like mean, you really you you gotta be what the show like just for your own life like it's, watch it's, Vanderpump it's Rules. great it's a great garbage yeah. show it's great yeah but I feel like that's what Tom is doing like whenever Katie especially with this wedding going on like weddings innately planning them are stressful even when you're that chick or dude who's planning a wedding who's just like I'm gonna be the chillest bride or groom partner I'm gonna be the chillest it's gonna be like the chillest wedding it's gonna be so easy it doesn't matter how you spin it, it's still going to be hard to plan things for more than 10 people to attend. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, just think about any birthday that you've had as an adult and like the idea of all the like different personalities that like are not necessarily friends with each other that you're like managing and like putting together in the same space. It's like, it's stressful for one person to be like a focal point. And then on top of that, when it's like this event that's supposed to be like this big life event. So like you do want it to be like special and about you. There's like just a lot of moving parts that go along with it. It runs a gamut of like age groups and like interest levels too. It's like, so your grandparents want it to be this and like your parents want it to be this. And then like your fun friends who like want to party want it to be this. Like satisfy everyone. Yeah. It's it's a whole thing. But uh, yeah. So I mean, it's so okay and obvious for like whoever's doing the majority of the planning in this case, Katie, to be fucking stressed. And whenever she brings up something that Tom doesn't want to talk about, whether it's just the wedding in general or just her being right about a situation, a.k.a. fucking Tom asking Ariana to be a fucking groomsman when she purposely didn't ask her to be a bridesmaid for a reason, it doesn't matter what she brings up. His response is always, 
are you drunk? You're tequila Katie. You're getting angry. Like going to the dark side. You're going to the dark side. This is what happens when you're friends with Stasi again. Just like it just it's a default like mechanism for him to go to no matter what she brings up that he doesn't want to talk about. And it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I mean I like yes. <laughs> I was struggling <laughs> to think about a place where like this affected me like personally. I just thought of one though. With Tell an ex-boyfriend me. who named Nameless, because no one gives a fuck. Um, <laughs> there was some, like, I would always sort of admit to the fact that I have, like, a, a low tether of patience with moping. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know, a really good friend of mine, Mayan, has, like, pointed out that, like, I was talking about how I have a hard time when someone is, like, in a difficult spot, not just being like, what if you did this? And what if you do that? And like, I know that annoys me. Like when you have a problem, you sort of just want to like be like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I'll always like have like chipper suggestions very quickly. And I was sort of talking about that kind of in tandem with talking about the fact that my father, like who was just so like nurturing and wonderful, like would just always wait for you to stop being in a sullen, sulky, self-indulgent place to like kind of reintroduce you to like the public. Like when I was a small child, if like you were having a moment where like you were just kind of like, can't and like there was no like really big retaliation about that or like punishment. It was just more like when this person is done doing this, they will rejoin the group when they're ready to be reasonable, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, so I sort of have that mentality and, like, I sort of kind of believe in it. Like, yeah. it worked for me. I just think the longer that somebody, like, indulged it, the longer it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think there was something kind of intuitive, like, there, you know? Um, I'm not saying it's correct. It was just it worked for me. And I think that I've had to sort of learn not to do that to other people, Um but I mentioned that I do that a little bit. And then I think when there is really kind of ridiculously depressive, like insane behavior from this ex-boyfriend. And I was kind of like, I think maybe we need to put pants on today. He'd be like, well, you know how you do this though. You try to like rush people's process. And I'm like, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think like you may be about to be on like hoarders buried alive and I'm stopping that from happening. Like that might be a difference like from somebody forcing somebody out of like an overindulgence. Like it's just like a difference between being functional or not. So I think that's when like maybe like something got thrown in my face that I was like vulnerable about. I was like, I think that maybe I have this tendency because of this level of my upbringing. And someone was like, I'm going to use that when I want to be ridiculous yeah. to manipulate you. When to I think f- you're the one who's like being a bitch. I'm going to use that when it suits me. Yeah. I don't want to do this. I'm just going to like throw this in your face. It's fucking unnecessary. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with sitting here admitting, hey, Wedding stressed me out. I see you're playing the most of it. Can you just like keep it on your side? Is that a thing that we can agree on? Mm. Because half the time I feel like that'd be fine. Like if you're just kind of like, I just don't want to just spend X amount of money. If you go over, let me know, I guess. But just don't, I don't, I don't care about planning it. Um, but I can't even give Tom Schwartz that benefit of the doubt because he still asked Ariana to be on his bridal party. So like I whatever. I really think he's just 
I think he doesn't like his fiance, I like or now wife. I think he really does choose every situation to try to sort of undermine her or like make her look stupid or make her look drunk or make her look dumb. I think he has a lot of aggression towards this woman, I think, that is like unspoken. Right. And I mean, I guess it could be different when the cameras aren't rolling, but I mean if this is what he chooses to I'm- show the world. I just don't know what to think about that. It makes me so uncomfortable. I'm certain that that is not how he behaves with her behind closed doors. Because every time they have an argument, she's like, this is not how you talk to me. Yeah. She says that. She's like, this is not how we talk. Why are you doing this? Like, it's very, like, confused. I think he is a cowardly person who airs his grievances around other people. That's his comfort level. When is he's by his, himself, he, like, can't do that. And, like, when other people are around, he feels like he can have, like, power in numbers. Right. I think that's a very cowardly approach. I'm not saying that maybe he doesn't have some, like, actually valid grievances towards her. But I've had this experience, like, before where, like, you know, like, I'm not, like, the most, like, warm and fuzzy person at all times. Like, I can be, like, maybe more of a acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I'm pretty open to someone saying like that every way that I talk to them or approach them is not, it's not exactly like conducive to their like personality. What I'm not conducive to or like open to, let's say, is a buildup of something that you've been hoarding Mm -hmm. unleashing on me one day because you don't have the sort of wherewithal to like deal with things in, in, in real time. Like, I'm a very direct person. I think that I have I don't love confrontation, but I will have it. Like I will kind of be like, look, this thing is bugging me. It's kind of making me lose sleep. Let's just like well, it's, hash it out. It's easier to nip things in the butt when they're first starting to happen versus like Did a you say year butt? nip things in the bud. Thank yes, you. I say butt because I talk <laughs> weird. I I say butt, but I know it's bud. <laughs> I want to nip things in the butt. butt. Um, Right when they happen, it's just easier than like a year down the road. Um, Suddenly you have like this backlog of things that you want to bring up to someone. And that's fucking weird. And it's just a lot. And it's easier to just do it as things happen right when they happen. And it doesn't have to be this big confrontation. No, it's less of one, right? Right. I feel like people think that like if they bring things up as they happen, they're like, well, I just don't want to be like a bother. I don't want to be a problem. And it, it's really not. It's not. Like, think about it in your perspective. Like, if you were fucking pissing someone off and you had no idea, or if you were just, like, rubbing someone the wrong way or just anything and you had no idea and that person came to you in a very nice way being like, hey, when you do X, Y, Z, PQ, um, it makes me feel this way. And you'd be like, wow, thanks for telling me that you're coming up and telling me before this got out of hand. That's how you'd think, right? I'd hope. No, it absolutely is. I think you're you're completely speaking my language, and that's probably why we're friends. <laughs> I think we do have that relationship. I think if you have kind of a – we're not – neither of us are good necessarily at being like, I'm really mad at you. Like, that's like not – like <laughs> No, that's not I easy. kind of will be like, this thing is irritating. Like, let me just get it out of the way because, like, my anxiety is literally about to come out of my butt. Maybe. Like, that's what it is. We're so in tune with our anxieties. Uh, okay. Another disclaimer. 
Yasmin and I, at least for me, I'm a very anxious person. I have like lots of anxiety issues. You can speak for me too. You can speak for you too. Cool. Um, Yeah, we have lots of anxiety issues and I feel like we've dissected them enough to where like we know them well and we can just like vocalize them a bit better than most people. So maybe we have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you like sort of diagnose yourself (laughs) with it being your issue of not being able to necessarily handle certain situations in the best way, it's very freeing to just be able to say, hey, friend who knows me, like, this has been, like, kind of giving me a lot of, like, I'm going to use a Sopranos word, agita, (laughs) and I can't really absorb it. So, like, I'm just going to tell it to you. You don't have to own it. You don't have to, like, decide it's all your fault but i just want to put it out there because this is how i feel I'm like that's sort of how we air things that are like kind of funky you know yeah and i think that's where they become not like internalized by either of us and guess you know? what when you do that stuff i'm never gonna fucking use it against you in some weird way well you haven't yet hopefully but, um... <laughs> hopefully i never become that person <laughs> I wanted to give you like a Lisa Vanderpump moment of like, well, you haven't yet, <laughs> but it takes me a while to trust you. We'll Kyle. see. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Fucking. It, it's, it's tough matter. That, that stuff is tough matter. I just think it's hard to want to admit your faults and honestly admit them and really mean them with out the fear and without considering someone using them as fodder. Mm-hmm. I think when I do admit them, I just hope when I admit my faults, you're taking that as sort of an example that, not an example, like an opening to say that I really want to grow in a relationship. Like I really right. want you to be able to tell me what you struggle with with people and me to say that too and know that it's a safe space to do yeah. that and know that I'm not going to be like, hey, you told me you were like a heroin addict once and every single time you act erratically, I'm going to be like, but you're on heroin. So like, you know, you know, I guess you have an addictive personality and mm. like, I guess that's why you behave this way every time like we need to split a bill. Like, I just feel like it's very possible to like use that as fodder and like I just would hope that's not what everyone is doing and just Tishwa is doing. And it sucks because, I mean, I guess I know on some level that all these people on reality TV are real people with real problems. I mean, I'm sure some of it is scripted, but not entirely all of it. And I don't know. I just genuinely, like, I don't want to just talk about someone that I don't know, but this was on TV and it bothered me. <laughs> it was it was a problematic visual behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it has a whole level of other context. But at the end of the day, that's the piece of TV we saw. And that's a piece of TV we can discuss, right? Like, yeah. so that's, that's what we're talking about. And we also have had areas where it maybe it's happened to us and i think we should maybe get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of here, of here. <laughs> and this is another area where maybe there is a little bit of 
disconnects me. Kate and my personality. We're not good at hellos. We're not good at goodbyes. We're not good at We're talking not about good ourselves. At- Except when we are <laughs> way too long. Yeah. Uh, and we're not good at like, you know, like cordial, small talky type shit. What is your get the fuck out moment, Kate? I have two. I have two. <laughs> My first one is one that I don't want to talk about. I'm sorry. What are you saying? My first get the fuck out person is Betsy DeVos. Uh, and I don't actually want to talk about her. I just want to say Betsy I just DeVos. Want her to get the fuck out. Let's lean really cl- too close into our mics and just say the name. Betsy, Betsy DeVos. Voss? Vo? Okay. Get the fuck out of here. What, get the fuck out of here, bitch. What's the second one? My second one is a real actual person that I want to talk about. Um, while I was biking here today, it takes me about like a half hour to bike to Yasmin's house, and it's a very pleasant ride. Except for half of it, which is up 9th Street. But when I get to the park, it's a very nice ride. It's just like this two-laned, walled-off bike lane that's along the park. It's not inside the park. It's like along the outskirts of it. Um, and there's just, there's crosswalks every once in a while for like people to cross into the park. Um, so it's a, it was fucking 60 degrees out today. It's a really fucking nice day out today. There's a lot of bikers out. Um, everyone's, you know, wearing hoodies and riding really fast. Um, so we're all riding, me and all my friends are, <laughs> all her biker friends, all my biker friends are riding, you know, up and down the path. And I see this lady at the crosswalk with a stroller. Looks like she wants to cross. She sees me coming pretty fast. <laughs> That's what he said. She said, uh, okay. oh my God. All right. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't not. Do it. I cannot do that. in the goddamn pocket. I cannot do that. Moving swiftly along. All right, moving swiftly along on my bicycle. Um, (laughs) So she sees me. I see her. She was about to cross into the crosswalk, and she's like, no, she's going pretty fast. I'm going to stop. So she stops, and I'm like, cool. Along comes this guy with a stroller who sees her stopped, sees me coming, and is like, fuck this, and just walks out into the crosswalk. So I'm far enough away, and I kind of sensed this already about to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm slowing down. I'm not going to hit him. Like, it was never, like, an urgent situation. But he's being a dick. Like, this chick set a precedence. She's like, I'm stopping to let these bikers pass. And he's like, fuck this. Um, What did he look like? Wait, I know. (laughs) (laughs) What? He looked like... Mm. I wish I could make like a sound button of that. I I Mariah that as hard as I could. I blocked an ear. I did a fluttery hand. She did the hand flutter. Yeah. It was beautiful. He should just go because he's who he is. So he went by and as he crossed, I didn't say anything at him. I just like looked at him and went kind of like my hands are on my, I can't, it's hard to explain this to a microphone, Um, but I had my hands on my handlebars and I just kind of went like, like, I shook my head at him and just, you gave know. Him wit I, I gave him, like, a what the fuck without actually mouthing what the fuck. Um, and as I passed by, with all these children around, he yells at me, fuck you. <laughs> why? No surprises there. Why? Like, no surprises, but, like, really, why? Um, because fuck you, Kate. Because fuck me, I guess. So I turned around and said, like, when and where. 
because I'm getting pretty good at being a New Yorker now, even though I've lived here all my life. But um, yeah, fuck him. An air high five. Air high five. For any response. Well, that was a real high that five. That was a real high five. We made it was, good connection. That was great. Yeah, um, get the fuck out of here with him in particular. Not even people like him, just him in particular. That's you it. did mention he had his kids around him. He had his kid with him. He said to a woman and on a bike, all of that. There was a kid at the crosswalk in a stroller where that lady stopped. And then there were kids like running up and down the side of the park. There were kids everywhere. And he like yelled this at me because I'm the dick apparently. Fathers, <laughs> tell your Not daughters. Him. Get the fuck out the fuck of out my out way. Yeah. Dude on a bike. All right, what's yours? Yeah. My get the fuck out moment is... Just to preface, I don't give a fuck about football that much. I also can enjoy it. I watched the Super Bowl. Lady Gaga performed. Lady Gaga had a crop top on. Lady Gaga is a tiny lady. Lady Gaga got a bunch of comments from body paws and, what are they, body neg? Body negative. (laughs) Like, Like trolls about having a pot belly or whatever and like, all of you annoy me. I don't think <laughs> that anything about the one nineteenth of an inch of skin that was hanging over her shorts required any discussion. I think a lot of the trolls got a worse name than the body pause people. The body pause people, you're as bad. Saying, I love a good pot belly. Pot bellies are cute. The fuck Bitch are they does talking not have about? a pot belly. Are you... Are you on crack? Like, no. If you were, you wouldn't have a pot belly. So you're not on crack. But I don't know what you're on. You are blind. And this woman is in really good shape. And there was just no reason to even be talking about her body. I didn't love the performance. I didn't care about the performance. I barely looked at the performance. I saw a bunch of comments about this woman's one nineteenth of an inch of skin over the top of her sequin shorts. And I'm disgusted. I expect this from body shamers. I expect this from trolls. I expect this from like horrible men. I expect this from horrible women. I expect this from horrible people in general. But the people who say that they are positive and trying to support people, saying to any woman or anyone that who feels I good. love the fact that you have fat rolls. I love the fact that you have thunder thighs. And you're showing it None off. None of this is helping this woman go about her day. Or like when someone Maybe say nothing. When someone's being like, so I've seen this headline a lot on like my Facebook wall. I don't know why. Um, it's on like every news media outlet. But you know, um, I think I'm saying her name right. Dasha Polento? Dasha I'm saying right. Not Polento, but Pol- Polanco. Polanco. Right? Yeah. Um, from Orange is the New Black. I was Dasha Polenta. Polenta. Like Polenta. I'm sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Polenta. <laughs> Dasha Corn Grits. I want, I want some more food. I'm still hungry. But uh, <laughs> so there's this headline that I keep seeing of like Dasha Polenko's body breaking all the damn rules. And it's oh, like. I saw that. Uh, like I get such like internal rage seeing it. Like I think she found her own personal empowerment. Like, to not necessarily be, like, the body norm or whatever you want to call it and just feel, like, 
I think in her demographic and like in I feel like I'm not like ne- necessarily a negative like zero whatever like even a even a two <laughs> like, like I'm not a negative zero I'm actually not even like a two like but uh I think that a lot of women around me that I feel that look like me and I feel very comfortable and like it's not really a weird space you know and I think maybe there's a lot of women who look like her who it's not a weird space so like this constant narrative that like it's so weird for her right no we are actually in rooms that are not Hollywood and are not models and we're in rooms a lot of the time where a lot of people look like our body shape and I actually have nothing bad to say about super slight body shapes either I just don't think we should be talking about women in this way in general. Like, right? It's like, what's the point uh, of commenting about what people look like in that manner? Like, if you were Dasha or if you were Lady Gaga or if you were just like yourself doing what you do and you bent over to like pick up some groceries and your inevitable roles, however big or small you are, hung out so and people like either nitpick you for being like you're skinny but you have roles anyways, like what the fuck's up with that? Or if they're like she's so brave, just like showing off her body, breaking all the rules. Like what is that too? Like what? <laughs> breaking all the rules of like not wearing uh, a burqa if like you're not like, you know, 6'2 uh, and like just... a mace it's just ridiculous like just stop making narratives for other women's like body shapes and like deciding that they just like reflect your own just well, it's the just same thing where it's like real women have curves it's like i don't so who are the fake women like it's it's the same i feel like we're starting another podcast right now you're right <laughs> just get the fuck out moment just fuck out like, here. it's got the fuck awry and we're done um, um yeah let's, yeah let's so. go okay bye, okay, bye. <laughs> cheers <laughs> <laughs>